this is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Here, we talk about all things Minnesota sports. Wild, Wolves, Vikings, Twins. We cover it all. Try to take a deep dive. We try to break down players' development, how the trade market looks, how our GMs are evolving over time, and everything all Minnesota sports right here. Welcome back to the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us today. Talking about the Wolves. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons. We're going to talk about the landscape of the NBA in terms of some trade stuff that we talk about. We're just going to kind of go off the cuff and talk about some things. Um, Getting some pretty good feedback from past Wolves podcasts and some trade stuff. I really appreciate the support in the last podcast, which kind of popped off for us. So I really do appreciate the uh, support there from some of our viewers. Um, So... We have Skyler, um, as usual. We are going to start with something that Skyler wants. Anything you want to talk about or kind of start it off with the Ben Simmons. What direction do you want to talk about with Ben Simmons, Sky? I was doing a little digging with uh, Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. I was seeing if they could be a viable trade candidate for the Sixers and came across this uh, information reliable source it said the belief around the league is that the Sixers have been holding out for six-time all-nba point guard Dame Lillard to request a trade from Portland and then it goes on to saying um, but Lillard said I'm not leaving Portland not right now at least and he's and um, Lillard last Wednesday during an Instagram live feed. So um, when I first heard that, I thought to myself, wow, like the 76ers, they got their eyes set on Dame Lillard. They don't want anyone else. They don't even want to listen to any other trade talks. And then my instant gut reaction was like, this is, this is what's going to happen. Like Dame's going to get traded for Ben Simmons because, I mean, to me it kind of made sense. Like, Portland needs to kind of go in a different direction. They haven't been winning with Dame. Um, I could see him going into a rebuild that way because Simmons is six years younger than Dame Willard. But then I kind of thought about the recent moves they made with Larry Nance Jr. They traded away a first-round pick to get Larry Nance Jr. Um, And also, they just recently hired Chauncey Billups as their head coach. And I saw... um, a headline in an article that basically just said that uh, the Portland Trailblazers front office literally hired Chauncey Billups because they did that as an all in move. Like they, that was a win now move. And so um, that kind of broke down my thought of like, well, maybe it won't work, but at the same time, it's still kind of interesting to see how, Ben Simmons would fit in Portland because they would still, if it was pretty much just a dame for Ben Simmons, would still have CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, Robert Covington, Norman Powell. I mean, they would still have a lot of interesting pieces around that team and a lot of shooters around Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons were to go to the Portland Trailblazers. And it, um, just me personally, it'd be interesting to see if an all-NBA defender uh, would be able to um, – how the win totals would differ from Lillard or Ben Simmons being there. But that's what I found out um, on, I guess, the Portland Trailblazers side. Yeah, it's interesting that you note the win totals for potentially going from Dame, McCollum, and that core or that team currently as constructed versus you take out Dame with – basically the same roster they have after Dame. You put in Simmons. Personally, you never know, but I, I, I personally think they would be getting as many wins. And you ask yourself, well, how the last three years, how many wins have they been averaging? Well, it's been between about 45 to 50 wins a year, which is between five to 10 games above 500, you know, just slightly above 500 team sitting between – you know, the six and the eight seed most years. 
it's, it's, it's so interesting because it, if I was in the Portland camp and I'm looking at my team and I'm looking at my assets, we traded some first, first to get Covington. We traded a first to get Lance. We, we've done some moves, you know, we traded some capital to get um, can, cancer at a point. I believe cancer is still there. Um, maybe not. I, I should double check that, but yes. yeah, like it's, it's just, Super tough to to evaluate that, but I will say McCollum and Simmons and Nurkic and Covington and Norman Powell is pretty interesting when you're looking at what they could be doing. And if you know you really don't have much leverage or assets to build, keep building around Dame, then you know he is 31, I think, and. <laughs> you just can't really get another star. I mean, yeah, you can trade McCollum and I believe he's like, you know, getting really close to 30 years old as well. You know, what you're, what can you get back kind of thing? So that, that's something that you could explore as well. You know, I think that's the key. If you really want to keep Dame here long-term, you might have to trade McCollum and I get, he's a really nice player. I like McCollum a lot, but he is undersized just like Dame is. You know he's not a good defender. He gets burned in switches. He gets he's not great one on one. He's not a great rebounder. You know he's a, he's a playmaker. He's he can do a lot of things offensively when the ball's in his hands and he's shooting. But that kind of overlaps some things that that Dame does. And it's nice to have two of those guys in the same team. But we've seen that that's not enough in the West, and their defense hasn't been exactly great either. In which Simmons would bring. So it's it's tough to to evaluate like we've been kind of going over, but you know that if I was to say what should they do, I think you have to try to look to to move McCollum very quickly because I when I see that Dame saying the quote of in his live Instagram, I'm going to be in Portland as of at least for now, you know. Um, some people might take that as okay. If they have a bad year, they, he might be gone, or ask for a trade or whatnot. But I also could take it as if they get off to a 500 start for the first, I don't know, 25, 30 games of the year, and we're getting closer to the All Star break, and you're looking at the landscape of the West, and they're like the you know eight seed, you know, in same position, same kind of thing. You're looking at. And Dame knows this. He's he's very aware. He's been on those teams. Um, then I, I could imagine Dame saying, "You know what? In all respect, can you get me out of here? I, I love Portland, but this is this is clearly not going to be a team that can be a contender." And that that's where the the Ben Simmons and the Daryl Morey situation really comes to surface. You have to start thinking, you know, what? How long can you really bide yourself enough time? Uh, to, to, to wait for Dane, which is what you started off the show with. You know, it, it, I don't know your thoughts there, Sky, but like, I, I, I want you to chime in here in about 10 seconds. Um, you know, how much time do you think is realistic? Let's kind of talk about that. Uh, that what, when will Ben Simmons, like, can they wait halfway through the year? Um, or, or, or do you, you know, or do you think that this is going to have to be done before the season starts? I mean, I, I could see them going into the year. Um, ben Simmons still being on the Sixers and Dame still being on Portland. And if that happened, I would have to guess that Simmons probably wouldn't be playing. Game. He would probably be sitting out. Um, and they would, the Sixers would just be riding and hoping on the Trailblazers not performing well. Like, if that actually happened, the Sixers would be taking a gamble because if Portland is a top three seed come January, February trade deadline time, Portland's still not going to trade Dame. And then the Sixers are. Uh, most likely depleting Ben Simmons' value by not playing him. Um, 
So it would be a huge gamble if the Sixers tried to wait going into the season. Uh, but I, I don't discount them not doing that. It's going to be something that we have to we, – we're all going to be monitoring over the next, um, I don't know, weeks, months, who knows. But the, the leverage is going to be interesting to also to see what's, how that plays out for both for Maury and, and whoever they partner with. And I'm, I'm trying to think about to myself right now and out loud, can, can there be a world where Ben Simmons um, does show up on the court, even though he said he won't come to training camp and he won't be playing with them. And those, those bridges have been clearly broken and burned, Um, you know, and, is there a way that he can end up being convinced that from Maury, like, Hey, if you play on the court, um, you know, and maybe you don't give your full effort and we'll communicate that, communicate that to Joel Embiid. Is there a way for them to convince the team and Simmons and Paul that we'll get you out of here. We're just trying to make, we're trying to make the right trade. And that's a tough decision. Um, you know, uh, yeah, at the same time, if you're Paul and, and Simmons, you don't want to be looked at as the villain because you don't want other teams to now negatively think about you in a bad way because there's always the next contract. And, yeah, Simmons does have four years left on his contract, but eventually when he's 29 years old, time will come, and you don't want teams having that bad taste in their mouth around the league thinking that you're just going to demand something and – and, you know, sit out um, and get your way. And now you have half of teams at the, at the table bidding for your services and, and, and you lose a little bit of money potentially that way in the future. But, you know, Simmons, Simmons is something that is something that it, it's going to be for him a, a decision on his end. Uh, if he's going to be sitting out with Paul and I just question if he's going to put, even if he's asked to play like, you know, not don't be dangerous or like, would he even want to play like that? Does he want to showcase like showcase or ever play in the NBA and not give his full effort? Some people just don't want to do that. And you're also still putting, you're still putting yourself on the line and getting injured. And that's, that's also a danger um, to Daryl Morey and the 76ers. You know, I, I personally don't think you can, you can drag Ben Simmons out on the 76ers team all the way to the all-star break. The funny thing is, is if they do convince him, they probably can still be winning at a really impressive pace at a top four team in the East level easily. If they have Ben Simmons participating, but um, I, I, I personally just, it just seems so tough to imagine that relationship going too long. And I, from the words and, and the context that you've given about Dame Lillard um, and wanting to be in, in Portland for now, as you know, at least for now, you know, that, that does, that does give a clear message, at least to me that he will be starting the season off on the Blazers. And I will say that it's probably a safe bet to guess that he's going to play with the 76ers at least until January where you get about 30 plus 35 games into the season um, and you have a clear picture of what team you can be. Cause I think that's, that's been the clear message from Dame Lillard in his camp that he wants to just be in a team that is a contender that, that can make a run in the playoffs. It's not that they haven't been on a team that can make the playoffs. It's can they, can they make a little bit of a run and you know, like 10 games into the season won't give you that sample size you know, necessarily, especially with some of the new pieces that they have. So I, I th- that's just, I think it just comes down to if they are aiming for Dean, which it sounds like that's happening. And I, it, it, there's just not been a lot of, of, of sound and rumors around the league that Beals even demanding for a trade because um, I'm not sure if it was you sky or someone else, but I made a good point about he he's, eligible i think it was you sky for a massive deal uh, i believe next year over 200 million or something like that uh in money and if 
if that's true, he's actually he'd get he'd be eligible for the most money only from Washington. And at that point, he could ask to be traded, you know, after this year or after next year. And he would still get his full money. He was still at that time in a year from now be only like 26 or 27 in his prime still. So I, I'm not sure if Beal's much as much as an option as Dame. And it just ultimately will wrap it up here. The Dame conversation is, you know, but the timeline for how long will Simmons actually be able and Maury be able to hold on to him before that's just, you have to get rid of him kind of point. And there's a, there's a boiling point and the Dame Lillard, um, how long does it take for him to realize this team isn't a contender, which that's, that's in my point, like in my eyes, I, you know, I, I'm going to go off and say this on the record. I'm the, one of the players I, I respect probably more than anybody in the league is Dame. And I'll let you chime in here too, Sky, um, in, a, in a minute or two. But the reason I say that is because he he started in Portland, right? He came out of Lehigh, and he, he's this undersized guard, you know, and and not a lot of things are going for his way. And he's created to himself, and and he's pushed himself in the superstar. And the part that makes me so like it's so refreshing to see is that he's been so loyal for so long. And he could have asked for a trade years ago while he's been, I think, to four or five all-star games now. And I think three or four all-star games now. And he he hasn't. And, you know, he's giving the chance to Portland. He made the message clear. He's never been like, get me out of here. This place sucks. He's always been loyal and respectful and humble about the whole situation. And, and now he's kind of saying, okay, I'll, I'll let you, the GM make his move. Well, he made his move. He made it like a, to get Larry Nance and we'll see how it plays out. I bet in the back of his mind, he knows that it might not work long-term, which is, you know, what the quote you gave to us at, you know, as of now, or we'll see kind of thing. And he's going to let it play out. And it, I just have a lot of respect for that because yes, you want to win as a player, but you also feel like you owe something to the city that's given you pretty much everything, you know, in terms of like, support celebration your your stardom was born here kind of thing and uh i it just it will be i think it'll, i'm not a portland fan necessarily but it, it will be kind of a sad day because i think he'll ultimately be leaving portland but just know everyone should know that when he does leave he'll be around the age of 32 years old if he does leave next year or in the middle of this year he'll be almost 32 if not 32 and that's that's something I got to just shout out to Dane because, I mean, not a lot of players are like that. So I'll let you speak on that. Pretty crazy to see that kind of loyalty nowadays in the NBA. And uh, especially out of a, like an amazing all or like a star like Dane, he was he's been a six time all NBA player, not just all star, six time wow. all NBA player. And and the thing is portland's not even like that big of a market i mean yeah it's bigger than like the wolves and but like i mean if you have that much star potential and that much following like lillard has you almost always see those players go to like new york or la or dallas or miami the big market so they can market themselves and just create more money but so yeah it's just I agree. It's just so refreshing to see that. Um, and I personally won't be sad when he leaves because I'm not a Trailblazers fan. But, I mean, it will definitely be a sad day in Portland because I, I, I'm a Damian Lillard fan. I'd like to see him win a ring, I guess. so, And that he, he can get a higher chance of that if he leaves. But, yeah, super respected. That's a good point. And I think it's fair to say maybe maybe we, we should hold back some of our emotions and our tears, at least in my case, because, yeah, I think we should be celebrating the fact that if he does leave, you know what? Like he did everything he could in Portland and he's going to have a chance at least at the end of his career where you just, you know, every year counts once you get past 30 as a star in this league to get that ring. You know, it gets closer and closer to the end and the clock doesn't stop. So, you know, it 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 will be it'll be tough for Portland, like you were saying. And I like how you said that. So, yeah, I, I would love to see Dean get a chance to win a ring because if, if, if you just put two rings on basketball reference next to his name 
and you, and you said at the age of 31, Dame has two rings. You start putting Dame into into no doubt Hall of Fame like ballots. That's just it's just what it is, you know. Like you start talking about uh, comparisons. Yeah, maybe he's not on the Steph Curry level, but um, in terms of big plays down the stretch, big shots. We've seen so many by Dame Lillard um, down the stretch throughout his career in the playoffs. I mean, breathtaking, massive shots by Dame. I don't know if there's another player in the league over the last three or four years that have has literally made those kind of shots. And I know it's not in the finals, but to just hold his team, which has been undersized, undermatched for most of the time, in, in going to game six and sevens versus teams like Denver and Utah over the last three years, it's it's impressive. And uh, yeah, so it'll be it'll be cool to see him get that chance. So let's move on to a different part of the conversation. Still talking about Ben Simmons um, today. Um, I opened up the sports betting books, uh, mybookie.com, um, and I've opened up some some Vegas betting sites, some of the main ones. And all there's a consensus right now, uh, as of this morning, that the Kings and the Wolves are the I, I won't say clear front runners to get to land Ben Simmons, but they are at this point, the front runners ahead of the race, ahead of the pack to land Ben Simmons. So I'll read off the, the teams. Um, so we have the Kings just slightly edging the wolves. It's basically a tie. And then you have, um, you have teams kind of in the next group that are kind of sort of close the Spurs, Toronto, the Warriors are still kind of down there in the list. You know, um, we'll get into that a little bit. But so we'll just talk kind of more so about um, some of these top teams that are in the mix. Scott, you have any thoughts on on some of those betting odds and what, what that could mean? So, yeah, I was basically saying that it, it's, it was super interesting to see the Sacramento Kings up there because I – Sacramento Kings were – I mean – if someone would have said Sacramento Kings, maybe you're going to land Ben Simmons. I was going to laugh at them because, like, why would Ben Simmons want to go to the Kings, even though he doesn't really get to say where he goes? Um, but also, like, what would the Kings be willing to offer? Um, and then I looked into it. They have some interesting pieces. Um, but said that. They're unwilling to part with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And there's also another rumor out there that they were unwilling to part with first round picks. And then, so then it just became like, well, then really what do they have to offer? Like comes a little scarce after that. Um, And then, I mean, all these teams up there, Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, Toronto Raptors. Like what that tells me is like, the Timberwolves have a serious shot of landing him. Like this is not some long shot to me. Like all those teams, we can 100% stay in a bidding war with them. And a lot of those teams, like we've talked about, like, is there really a fit for Ben Simmons? Like, like we talked about the fit in golden state. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe it can work. And, the fit in San Antonio, like their roster just needs so much rebuilding. And if they trade for Ben Simmons, like what are they really doing? Like, it's just not a fit. And then, I mean, it, it just gives me a lot of hope that the T-Wolves have a legitimate shot. Yeah. I think that's, that's a takeaway that we should all have. Um, some of these teams that are vying for Ben Simmons, if, if we're talking about betting odds, now that's not a perfect science. Like, and we'll get into it at some point um, that you, we, we kind of talked off the record of there could be a team that jumps out of nowhere uh, waiting in the weeds to get Ben Simmons. And and that's a strategy in its own right. So that, that's always a possibility. I'm, I'm looking at uh, the betting odds and you can um, bet on any other team in the league besides Golden State, Minnesota, Kings, Spurs and Raptors, or you can bet any other team for plus one thousand one hundred. That might be the bet to take. <laughs> right, that's a great but. point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that might be the bet to take. It's just, it just, you know, it, maybe it's just PTSD as a Wolves fan. 
um, from, from past experiences, whether it was D'Lo or it just feels like, you know, right when you think you have a, a chance to just open the door and, 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 and run your way through it and have a chance of becoming a, a contender with Ben Simmons, boom, another team just swipes Ben Simmons and we're all just shocked. And we see the shams or the Woj tweets and we're all like, no, kind of thing. And But back to, um, yeah, you look at some of the teams that are, you know, with the, the highest odds, you know, and some of the information coming out about the Warriors, you know, not not being all in agreement on Ben Simmons, which we talked about already, you know, and it seems like they haven't been a serious trade potential partner with the 76ers and they haven't sent any real deals um, for him. It, it, it now leaves you with some smaller markets. And yes, the Spurs have, have won, you know, and they had their dynasty over a decade ago and that ended, you know, and went kind of like basically when Tim Duncan got past his prime there and Ginobili and, and Parker and all those guys, you know, they don't have DeRozan anymore. They don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore. And, you know, their best their best trade chip is arguably Deontay Murray. And maybe their next one is Derek White. Um, you know, it's there's not there's not a lot of good player assets. Of course they have their draft picks. Um, but you know, looking at Deontay Murray as being the main piece and Sky, you you kind of said it like 33% might be his, his realistic his three point shooting. And, you know, he's a great rebounder for a six, four guard. He's a, he's a nice passer. He's an efficient two point scorer. But again, um, Ben Simmons is a bigger version of Deontay Murray, essentially. Um, if, if you're talking about everything inside the three point line, I mean, yes, Deontay Murray has a better jump shot for sure, but he, you know, Ben Simmons provides a lot of those things, given that Deontay Murray is playing on a cheaper contract, so that is a value. But how how much is that? And and the Spurs aren't a big, huge market. Um, and I know again, you talked about it. Like it, Simmons doesn't get a choice what market he plays in. But you know, it it's just like <laughs> there's there's you got the Kings, and they're not a big market, and they've been kind of losing like the Wolves for years and years and years. Um, basically, the Wolves. And the Kings have been bad since the KG era, you know, essentially. And you got Toronto. I mean, that's that's a that's a stronger market, but it, how much sense does it make to go to Toronto? You know, let's talk about that. You know, like if if we if we had a Ben Simmons trade up there with Messiah Jury, what are you gonna what are you gonna put in that trade that you want coming back? Like if I'm if I'm seventh, Philly, I'm asking for Fred Van Fleet because Pascal Siakam doesn't work with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Like it doesn't make sense from a floor spacing standpoint. Pascal Siakam's not a great three point shooter, and I'm looking for a, a guard who can handle the ball and create scoring. And Fred Van Fleet is a good spot up catch shooter kind of guy, and he can shoot from a dribble, but he's not exactly a dominant um, um, lead scorer that you would want. And to be fair, the Wolves aren't going to be offering anything that's dominant in lead scoring either. So it, it is it is a good piece. I mean, let's just face it, Fred Van Fleet is better, is much better. You'd want him much more than a, a, than a Beasley. So, but, you know, if you are trading Fred Van Fleet and say, say that does go through or you find a third team in Toronto and another team in Philly, work it out, you know, like why? Why would Toronto want to do that? You know, like the I mean, yes, they have some good assets. They can still trade Siakam after getting Simmons, sure. But um, it it just seems that there's not a lot of a, a lot of spacing on the floor. It would be horrible, horrendous shooting. You know, with Simmons and and the rest of the the that roster, and I, I, it's a possibility, but there's not a team that strikes me as a perfect fit as of right now. And, and to, to go back to what Shams and Woj and, and Marcus Thompson from the Warriors it, and some beat writers, they, they've all consistently have said the Wolves have, have always been on the trail for Ben Simmons. 
and it, that hasn't changed. And I think let's talk about this. The the dynamic of relationships when making a trade, when similar trade offers are are presented. So Sky, you know, do you want you want to chime in on this? We kind of talked about this off the record. I mean, so we kind of talked about if there if there is a team, another team battling us for Ben Simmons, and we have similar offers, like let's say the Kings would offer Tyrese Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes, another player that's not not on a big contract from the Sacramento Kings and a few first round picks, that's a pretty similar trade offer as like uh, Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, and a few first round picks on our side. Um, I mean, like those two offers, it depends on who you are as a person. Like if you value one set of players more than the other, but um, since it is so close, the, the connection that Gerson has with Daryl Morey, uh, them being working together in Houston for a while, uh, we, we were basically just saying that you, you build a trust, kind of a trust factor with um, they have, Daryl Morey and Gerson has built this trust factor just by them getting to know each other and working with each other. So um, you would just have the edge if you had if Daryl Morey had to pick between two similar offers and one of them was ours, we were just thinking that uh, Daryl Morey would pick ours. But yeah, you can you can uh, speak on that too. It's gonna be something that it's. I mean, it's, if 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 we're talking about the Spurs and the Kings buying for the services of Ben Simmons, it's gonna have in my mind. It's gonna have to be a trade that is better. And there's not much question about it over what Gerson's offering. The, the, the connections and the trust that Gerson and Maury have built over the last decade working with each other. Um, I think that's being under, it's not being reported enough. And when you have similar offers, um, you, you go back to the things that you know and the things that you, you lean on and that you trust. And that's not just the relationships. That's why would you hire Gerson if you didn't trust him to be a big part of the front office, to run most of the trades that people forget about in Houston. That was Gerson, even more so than Daryl Morey. And you go back to trusting the players that he wanted back in Houston, and he helped. In fact, I had a nice little meeting down in, in Vegas during the summer league. And there's an article about it. Daryl Morey and Gerson were reminiscing about the old times in Houston when, when they were just so close with James Harden and Clint Capella and Gordon, PJ Tucker, and some of those pieces from, from winning it all. I mean, they were truly very close to, to beating the Warriors, which, and that was one of the better one teams. Ham, one hamstring, one Chris Paul hamstring away from, winning the championship bingo and i forgot chris paul and those moves were made as a tandem those guys were i mean even when people say well they didn't make it that's success people like to to downplay like well if you don't win at all what are you No, no no if you are that close to beating a dynasty team i mean that was a that was going to be one of the that was one of the better teams in nba history if not the best most talented that is impressive. And those two minds came together and Maury not only had a nice relationship with him, he under he understood and knows that the players that Gerson went on the table for, and there's a nice article about this, you know, getting um keeping like there was there were some times where Capella might have been traded and and Gerson was actually the guy who wanted to keep him there. And getting Chris Paul, which some people argue, well, it didn't work out relationship-wise, but guess what? On the court, when they were healthy together, it was pretty good. And it was pretty hard to stop. And they had enough defense. They had enough offense. And you start putting the pieces together, and you start thinking, well, how does this translate to the Ben Simmons potentially going 
to the Wolves over a similar offer provided by the Kings or the Spurs. You start to realize, you know, like Maury's sitting there and it's like, well, this is the maybe 2% better of an offer. Make the, My scouts team is saying this offer from the Kings and the, or the Spurs is barely, like if we're talking about value charts and they make their own value charts and they put it in an Excel sheet or they put it in some in, in something online and they say, okay, this is slightly better in terms of value, in terms of on-the-court success, in terms of wins above replacement. You know, Daryl Morey is going to probably sit there and say, well, this is all theoretical. This is all projected. This isn't the truth. This is just what we believe there's a decent chance of. But knowing that Gerson Rosas and his track record and the players that he has on his team, he knows that Gerson has players on his team that he values a lot that he sees that can help a team win. And he knows that that mindset, that that idea has worked under his tutelage, under his, on, and he was a learning piece. He was a working part of, of Maury's brain. I mean, at times in Houston. So it's, it's a dynamic that I think can't be shook and it has to be talked about more because when, when, when it comes to the deadline and there's a day that it'll be, it'll be a, a, I don't know. I won't call it a hard deadline, a soft deadline in terms of the 76ers. I think there's, there's some interesting um, leverage for the wolves to win out to, to land Ben Simmons. And that's, that's a thing that's coming to surface. I think that will be talked about as we get closer. And again, could there be a random team? that comes for Ben Simmons? Absolutely. But if these are the teams that shake up at the end, um, and you told me there's no chance of another team popping up, I would have to bet on the Minnesota Timberwolves landing Ben Simmons. You know, about two weeks, three weeks ago, I think Johnny K had on the record a five, no, 6% chance of Ben Simmons landing in Minnesota. This is when they were in Vegas. And Dane Moore went on the record and said he had, we had an 8%. And Britt Robson um, said we had about a 4% chance. And I, I would have agreed. I would have said like five. You know, like I would have said there's a chance. Like I, I thought there was a chance, but like, you know, like looking at our assets, I'm not so sure. And the asking price and all those things, I think a lot of us would have said, I don't know. Like, it, it seems kind of tough. And nothing really great happens in Minnesota. Uh, in, in our market, so you know now it's like, man, if I had a, if I had to put a percent, and this is going to fluctuate every day the way the news is. I mean, it's funny though. We kind, Sky, we kind of talked about this like a, a week or two ago when we when we started talking about the Beverly trade and Ben Simmons and what that means, and we talked about when things are going to get started, like when you're just going to start consistently seeing things heated up. And when we said and we talked about set from September, the first week of September. The training kit, it's going to get hot. And it has literally done exactly that. I'm looking at September 2nd, every single day this week. It's not like concrete evidence, like the Wolves are getting closer to getting Ben Simmons. No, no, no. But we're seeing teams drop out to an extent. And we're seeing teams like um, who are consistently more in the mix. And we're seeing like actual betting odds. Like you're seeing like a lot more people in the betting lines getting involved for a reason because it seems like it's coming to an end. Like this is going to be decisive sooner enough. And I got to say, Scott, I want to ask you quickly, uh, you're what percent are you going to put on the, the wolves? I'll go first um, on landing Ben Simmons. I am. I so saw I was at 5% about two weeks ago. I'm going to go and say, I think we have a legit 25% chance to land Ben Simmons. Um, what do you got? I was going to go on that same area, 20 to 25% chance. Um, just because, like, the other teams that we're competing with, it just, it really seems like it's a better match. The Timberwolves are a better match to get a deal done for even the Sixers. So, uh, yeah, I'm going 20 to 25%. All right, we'll wrap this podcast up in the next five, six minutes here. Um, just trying to think about some things we could talk about uh, revolve around all this. So we got, yeah, we have training camp starting 
um, in a few weeks now. It's getting pretty close. On top of that, you know, rosters are 99.9% completed by the league. So there's not going to be a lot more uh, movement for trades outside of this. Uh, if there's a, a trade to be made, it's either to, to relieve of salary or to, to relieve of some cap space or whatnot, you know, or, or guys are just getting added on to the G League teams on two-way contracts and stuff like that. Um, I, I can't, I just can't see Bradley Beal getting traded this year. Again, it could happen. It could happen, but I, I'm not, I think it feels like we've been talking about Bradley Beal being potentially traded for three years. He's another guy that I can't, he just seems like he's pretty loyal to it. Um, but I, you know, Bradley Beal would, Going to the 76ers, I think, I, like on paper, it makes it makes sense. Like I keep thinking, like why wouldn't these two teams like think about it? Like it, it makes sense to me, but it hasn't. Nothing. Bradley Beal has it's just not been on record saying I want out. Uh, I know I we tweeted at Darren Wilson and he was so kind to respond to us and and saying I haven't heard anything about Bradley Beal wanting out. And I think that that's not that he hasn't said it before that he's been disgruntled. That this moment in time, I think he's going to play out this year to get his money at the end of at the end of the year, so he can be on the supermax because uh, he signed that short little bridge deal to get to the supermax a few years ago. So, you know, um, there there's there's a, another team, and I think I'll briefly touch touch on for like a minute here. You know, Boston Celtics uh, now have Brad Stevens running the show as as a GM. And he's kind of he's kind of um, um, made some decisions to to bring back guys that he coached like Marcus Smart about twenty million per year, which is a good deal. And I, I do wonder though, Sky. I do wonder. I know you brought it up. I do wonder if they could use Marcus Smart and Evan Fournier or maybe another shooter on that team and um, a lot of draft picks to pry away Ben Simmons thoughts. Was it um, reported that Marcus smart and Brad Stevens didn't really get along? Was that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, So just going off of that, I mean, I could really, I mean, Marcus smart and Evan Fournier, that's $30 million right there. And that's what Ben Simmons contract is. Evan Fournier provides a shooting that the Sixers need. Uh, he doesn't really provide much else besides that. Um, but, like, I mean, and the Celtics could give him, like, however many first-round picks they want, three, four. Like, if the Celtics wanted to go on all-in on Ben Simmons, I mean, they really could, I think. Um, it just depends on what Brad Stevens sees as in Ben Simmons. Um but, I mean, yeah, they're definitely one of those potential teams that could just pop in at any moment and take Ben Simmons. Quickly, to end the podcast, we're just going to uh, – Sky, while I talk for the next 20 seconds, I want you to pull up the just all the NBA teams. So type in, like, standings or something. We can run off all the teams, and we're just going to say likely or not to land Ben Simmons or, or possibility or low possibility, okay? So – um, as you pull it up, let me know when you're ready so we can you're gonna just, we're just gonna run through some of the teams. Yeah, I, I got it up here. Should we start in the Western Conference? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Utah Jazz. No. Okay. Phoenix Suns. No. Denver Nuggets. No. LA Clippers. No, I'm going to say one thing. When I say no to all these things, to the, to the people that are listening, it's not that – I, I think all, a lot of these teams, it would make sense a year from now. Um, but it, Ben Simmons, like, it's not going to be on this team past February. I'll tell you that right past that trade deadline. There's absolutely zero chance he'll be in that. So that's why in these scenarios, none of these teams make sense to me. Keep going. Uh, did I say LA Clippers? Oh, yeah, no. Dallas Mavericks? 
they just don't have enough assets. It'd be a beautiful fit to get some defense around Luca. I just they I just don't think there's seriously enough assets to, to pry away. And then Portland Trailblazers talked about um, Los Angeles Lakers. No. Memphis Grizzlies. <sighs> That's interesting. I think there's a slight poss- there's some possibilities there. Okay. Uh, Golden State, we'd already talked about. San Antonio, already talked about. Pelicans. They got Zion. You can't shoot outside. I think they want to put the ball in Zion's hands more at the top of the floor. Um, they do need a lot more defense. I think there's a there, there is a path there with some of the assets they have. Okay. Sacramento Kings already talked about. Obviously, we already talked about the T-Wolves. Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, You know what? They have all the assets in the world to do it. They have no player. (laughs) They'd have to get into a three- or four-team trade to make that happen. Otherwise, it's not working. But the thing is, even if you got in a three- or four-team trade, they have traded away so many, like, decent little players. Like, I think you would have to be – that's about it. Oh no, and Lou Dort's gone now. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, yeah. they don't have anyone then. <laughs> yeah, he, like they have Shea, and so like if they were to give away Shea, you know, like yeah, you could you could do that, but um, I'm not sure if that's a lateral move or even a step back if you trade away Shea. I'm I'm gonna go with no. All right, and then Houston Rockets. No. All right, now we'll go to the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn Nets. Nope. Yeah, just they already have three superstars. Milwaukee Bucks. Nope. They're all locked into Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis. Yep. New York Knicks. It's a perfect Thibodeau player. Um, it, it would start off with it had to probably be a three-team deal, and I do think a lot of teams would love R.J. Barrett. I would say there's a chance there, yeah. Atlanta Hawks. I think it's beautiful. I think that's the i i would I would like that. Yeah, I think I know a lot of people like um, uh, Capella and Collins, and they have uh, they have uh, Okongwu, um, but I think they're missing um, a stabilizing elite defensive force. Not saying that Capella's not good on defense; he is. He's a great rebounder. Um, but I think you get Trey Young and some of their uh, wings and, and, and other players in that team that can shoot. Uh, next to Simmons, that is interesting. I will say there's a possibility there. Yeah, I would love to see that backcourt and Trey Young and Ben Simmons. It just seems like the Hawks don't have the shooters to trade away. But um, we'll go on to the next one Miami Heat. No, because they're locked in on a big contract. To- to Bam, and I I think Bam actually does a lot of similar things to what Simmons does. They have similar contracts, um, and um, I think I think he's a big part of that locker room. And yeah, I don't see that one as much. Yeah, and then we already talked about Boston Celtics, uh, Washington Wizards, Indiana Pacers. Yeah, we talked about this off the record. I think you'd have to include you'd have to the piece would have to be Brogdon. Because uh, Karis Silvert doesn't shoot well enough on the outside, and then you're creating the same problem of spacing with the 76ers if you were to trade him. Um, you know, you you got you got some other kind of yeah, Demontis Sabonis. Why would why would the 76ers want them? Well, maybe you get a three team deal that could work. Another team wants them. You know, um, that's possible. It had it have to take a three team deal. I do think that there's a chance for the, the Pacers, but yeah, it had to be three or four teams and. Uh, you know, if you did trade Brogdon straight up for Simmons, I'm not sure if the Pacers want would want to do that because now you have Simmons, Sabonis potentially, and turn around the court. That spacing would be horrendous. The offense would be really interesting to watch. So uh, I would say, yeah, there's definitely a chance. Just I think it would take more than a two-team deal. Charlotte Hornets. Um, I thought about that this this morning. I don't know why that pops into my head. At first, thought, I was like, "Yeah, that'd be exciting." Like Lamelo and Simmons, and 
and they locked in on Terry Rogier. Um, it'd be interesting, you know, but how much do you want to take the ball out of, because I think Ben Simmons does bring in essential value as a ball handler. Um, you always can have two ball handlers. Absolutely. But does that deteriorate some of the spacing for, for LaMelo um, when he goes into the lane? I'm not sure. I, I do think they have enough assets that they did want to. I just feel like it's fairly unlikely. Chicago Bulls. No, I think they're locked in Demar. I think they're gonna get. A, they're gonna figure it out with Levine, and uh, I think they have some nice pieces with Caruso and and uh, Vucevic. I already talked about the Raptors, Cleveland Cavaliers. That's tough. I don't. I don't see it. Um, but you know what? They do have a guard that that could fit. You know, like they might be looking to trade. Sexton, who has become a pretty good, nice outside shooter the last few years, very quietly shooting like between 38 to 40 percent from three. There's a fit there, is interesting. Um, however, Simmons, maybe it'd be interesting. Garland, and I think they have Jared Allen, right? And, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I think small possibility. I just, I think they're going in a different direction that doesn't involve Simmons. Orlando Magic. I, I think they're struggling with assets. They're they're not their assets would have to be like a Jalen Suggs, you know, and I, I that wouldn't fit the timelines of other teams probably. So no. And Detroit Pistons. Yeah, no. So yeah. Um uh, I'll pretty much wrap up the podcast. Um kind of like to just look around the league. Again, I think the point of this podcast is anything could happen. A random T could come out of nowhere, like we just kind of talked about, you know, but uh, at this point in time, time is ticking. Training camp's coming. Ben Simmons rumors are heating up, and according to the odds and the odds makers and the people that are betting, lots of money on it. Not me yet. Maybe I should. Uh, yeah, the Wolves are are one of the front runners in the sweepstakes to legitimately land Ben Simmons, and that steam is not going away. Thank you for joining the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast.